Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota Metro Music Scene. Check me out at Mark Starry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original recordings are available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Please subscribe on iTunes. It's free and also guarantees you'll never miss an episode. This is a listener-supported podcast, so if you would like to help out, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via five-star rating and review on iTunes, social media, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Axel Rose. I'm not God, but if I were God, three-quarters of you would be girls, and the rest would be pizza and beer. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 53. Last week's gigs wrap-up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. I decided to pull out an old set list that night, and it was a ton of fun. Highlight song was the Saturday Night Live extended version of Eric Clapton's Wonderful Tonight. Thursday, Mr. Brian, Keith, Johnson, and myself rocked out at Turtle Creek Glen in Clayton, Wisconsin. I had a lot of fun. My dad tagged along, and a big thanks to Kevin Lombardo for battling the cold with us and helping us finish out the night as we formed the Turtle Creek Glen Jug Band. Friday, I played a solo show at Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin. I played three hours straight. It was so busy. I had so much fun interacting with the crowd. And a big happy birthday to Sandy Whalen. Saturday, Mr. Brian K. Johnson and myself rocked out at Vanelli's by the Lake in beautiful Forest Lake, Minnesota. A number of our songs were sponsored by Freddie Jr. of Fred's Tire. Also, a big thanks to Mr. Brian K. Johnson for when we played another three hours essentially straight. I asked him to cover a song. And he chose ZZ Top, which is the hardest song that I do all night long. Boom. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, October 19th, 2016. I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Thursday, October 20th, Brian K. Johnson and myself will be rocking out at Lucky's 13 in Burnsville, Minnesota from 4 to 7 p.m. Friday, October 21st, Mr. Brian Keith Johnson and myself will be jamming on out at Lucky's 13 in Plymouth, Minnesota from 8 to 11 p.m. Saturday, October 22nd, Brian Johnson and I again will be rocking out at Lone Oak Grill in Egan, Minnesota from 8 to 12 p.m. Guest this week is host and producer of KFAN's Power Trip Morning Show, former vocalist of Rocket Club, and current leader of the popular country rock band, Chris Hockey Band, Chris Hockey. We discuss Saturday Night Live musical guests, 80s metal, Will Hogue, his new album, etc. Enjoy the conversation!
Mr. Chris Hockey. Hey, Welcome man. to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Thank you for having me, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me up here at Cave Fan Studios here on yeah. Utica Avenue. And I really appreciate you letting me uh, kind of crash your guys' party here at the morning show. And uh, never seen Rosie before at work, and he he was pretty impressive. Yeah. And Ben, and and you're just like the the marionette guy just running the whole thing. It's pretty cool. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to see it. It's it's fun because uh, we've been doing the morning show now and thanks uh, on Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, it'll be 15 years that wow. we've been doing the morning show, and we're the youngest show on the station, believe it or not. And um, so it's, I always enjoy when people come in and see it, kind of see what's going on behind the scenes. We have uh, Corey and Sauce, and uh, and uh, and I have been together for a very long time now. Sauce is a little younger to the show than Corey and I. Corey started with superstar Mike Morris and I about five months into the original morning show as my intern. And so we've been together for a long time. And I started as just the producer and kind of morphed into being the co-host and the producer with Sauce. And and now I'd say we have three hosts in the in the three of us, and then I'm still the producer as well. So there's a lot going on, man. It's fun. How did you get into that producer gig? Um, like that, how would you describe your job for a person like, if, like my grandma's listener or something? What's a for producer? Sure. Uh, I handle all um, everything that happens off the air. I handle all of it. I make sure the commercials are there. I handle the bumper music. Um, I make sure that the, the guests are booked. I make sure that if the F word is said, it doesn't make it onto the air. Um, I make sure that everybody's in a good mood. I try to anyway. Um, I, I have a diagram of the show. I get here in the morning at about 4 a.m. The show goes on at 5.30. And I read through two newspapers. And a, um, we have a services that we use as well for some comedy and things like that. By the time Corey and Sauce get here at 4.30 and 5 respectively, I have a pretty good idea what the main topics of the show are. Um, I don't do anything with the sports. That's all Corey's thing. Uh, the, the humor is mostly off the cuff with meat sauce. I'm the, uh, the nuts and bolts, the bones of the show. I, I make sure that they're ready to go. That's what I do. Cool. Uh, just a side question here. Mm-hmm. Um, you as a musician, I am a musician as well. Uh, traveling to shows, you know, sometimes the weather plays an effect. But I've always wondered this about you early morning guys. Yeah. What if it's literally like the end of the world snowstorms and stuff? You can't really call in sick, or what do you guys do? How do you guys get here? Right. Uh, or the, do you live close or something? Or? I, I live 18 minutes from here, exactly 18 minutes, and I know because I've driven that show so many times. Um, Sauce is a little closer. Um, Corey's about the same distance. But every one of us has a truck, and every one of us is going to get here one way or another. You know, it's weird in modern-day radio because we have uh, six stations within this building, and there's only normally one person here in the middle of the night running all six of those radio stations. So if for some reason we couldn't get in, that he'd have to just hit spots and, and run some sort of uh, best of programming or something like that. We have best of labeled in the system, so he could just hit play if he had to. But I will make it here. <laughs> I, I will make sure I make it here. You know, I uh, again, I outside of being sick, I've not missed a day because of weather or anything like that. I got a big wow. old Ram truck, and it's going to get me here one way or another. Any exciting adventures trying to get here in the morning? Oh, man. You know, yeah, it's funny you ask that because one of the, the craziest stories of my life, life happened on the way to work. I used to be really, really heavy. I mean, really, really heavy. And um, Like how heavy? Like uh, 50 pounds more than I sit here right now. Five, 53 pounds more than I, I, I am sitting across from me right now. So Wow. Yeah, really, really bad. And um, uh, the reason I bring it up is because one of the reasons I was heavy is because my morning ritual was stopping at Perkins on the way in, getting an, an uh, omelet to bring to work with me every morning. And I stopped at the Perkins in Maple Grove right off of Hemlock one day. I got out of the car, went in and got my order. 
I was on my way out and I heard somebody scream and I turned around. There was a guy attacking a girl in the parking lot at the Perkins. And um, this is, you know, 3.45 in the morning. So I, you know, I screamed and, and uh, dropped my omelet and ran across the parking lot to get him. And by the time I got there, he had pulled a knife out of his pocket and chased me across the parking lot into the Perkins, through the kitchen of the Perkins. Craziest thing of all is that as I was running through, I was screaming because I was scared to death. You know, it's one thing to think you're tough. It's another thing to really have somebody chasing you with a knife, you know. As I was running through the kitchen of the Perkins, the chef guy, the guy cooking, whatever you would call him back there, handed me a butcher knife as I ran by. So I came out of the kitchen and the guy was waiting on me and he had his knife and I had my knife and we were separated by the, the counter. And he jumped up on the counter. He's like, all right, let's do this. And by the grace of God, the cops got there quickly enough that he saw them coming into the parking lot. He jumped off the counter, ran out. So that happened on my way to work one morning. <laughs> True story. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a chapter out of like a memoir book or something. Memoirs of being a morning radio show producer. Yeah. Yeah. That was, the, that, I mean, I've had, I have stories, but that's the number one that comes to mind for good reason. He ended up, he ended up doing some time. Um, and he's, and of all things, man, one morning I told that story on the air a couple few years later and I got an email from the guy said, uh, I just happened to be listening to the radio. I didn't know it was you. I had no idea who my, you know, who the victim was. I'd never known who it was. And he said, I've changed my life and I'm super sorry I did that to you. Wow. Yeah. I never responded. I, 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 I'm still freaked out by it all these years later, which tells you how big of a P word I am. But, um, I, I thought it was nice of him that he reached out to me. Yeah. You might not want to keep that friendship going. No, no, I didn't want. I did. Yeah, we're not Facebook friends. I don't think. Well, maybe I don't know. Yeah, right, you yeah. don't. Probably not going to invite him into the studio <laughs> anytime not. soon. No, probably not. Um, on the grind kind of drive here, mm-hmm. I heard you guys. Since this is a music podcast, I want yeah. to kind of bring it over there. Um, I heard you guys discussing Saturday Night Live, yeah. and you're such a big fan of that. And I was just thinking to myself that I got so much uh, musical um, influence. Yeah. From that show. So can you think of some of your top Saturday Night Live Oof. music acts? Man, that's a great question right there. And, and I, you know, because my memory's not so good, I don't know why the latest ones, uh, uh, newer ones come to mind for me. Uh, Nirvana, R.E.M., you know, things like that. Uh, I think I remember both those. Yeah. You talk about Smells Like Teen Spirit Absolutely when it came right. out. I remember I saw for that sure. when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, but I do, because again, I'm a geek with music and Saturday Night Live. I have a DVD set of musical guests on Saturday Night Live that is every musical guest who's ever been on Saturday Night Live up until when the DVD came out, probably 10 years ago or something like that. There's been some great stuff, man. Really great stuff. And they took a lot of chances on artists you'd never heard of before. Yeah, they did some weird ones, especially like back in the day. Um, just ones that just as I was thinking of this, pulling up. Did you ever seen the one with Paul Simon? And George Harrison singing Here Comes the Sun. Oh, no, I never saw that. I thought you were talking about the 9-11 one where Paul Simon uh, sang the first time after 9-11 where he sang uh, um, um, the New York song. But no, I've never seen that one. Really? Yeah, it's it's on Saturday Night Live. It's an acoustic version. It's two guys on acoustic guitar. It's Paul Simon and George Harrison wow. singing Here Comes the Sun. It's just beautiful. I'm sure I have it. I just I, somehow I haven't seen that one. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. I say it's all right. 
Yeah. But yeah, no, you know, I, I'm talking about TV shows that that influenced me with the music, man. For some reason, when you brought that up, I was taken back to Headbangers Ball. Oh, yeah. Man, Saturday nights. That was the only time because I was such a hard rock kid growing up. And me I'm older too. than you, you know. But uh, that was the only time I ever got to see really heavy metal and really hard, hard rock. And uh, me and my buddy, Chad, would sit and wait on it to come on. I remember seeing Guns N' Roses for the first time sitting on the co- uh, couch with Ricky Rockman. Is it Ricky Rack? Ricky Rockman? Ricky, Ricky Rackman? Rackman? I don't know. Rick, whichever one. Yeah, that guy. Same oh, guy. Yeah, I yeah. Remember, him just remember that guy? Yeah. Him in years. Yeah, right. And I remember him saying, "I want to introduce you to my guys here. These, this is Guns N' Roses, and they played the the video for Welcome to the Jungle' for the first time." I remember sitting on the couch watching that, and oh my God, what am I watching? Oh wow, yeah, that, that was, was crazy! Was Axel had the big hair and the big stuff, hair steps off the bus. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I ask you who's some of your classic metal favorites? Oh man, you know, I, I uh, first of all, I, I I just love music so much, man. I love it. Every style of music I can, you name the uh, the genre, I could tell you somebody that's my favorite. But when it comes to classic metal, Iron Maiden. <laughs> Yeah, Iron Maiden, man, right? I mean, Bruce Dickinson, man, I, as a singer, you gotta love him. Oh my gosh, still. And uh, have you seen Flight Six Six Six? I own it. Oh, how yeah. great is that documentary, right? Yeah, I love that. Uh, I'm a huge DVD. He had throat music cancer guy. too. Yeah, and he's back, and they're touring again. Oh, you know? yeah. Did you get their new record? I have. Carnival it's a good of record. Souls. It's a good record. Uh, between Iron Maiden's new Book record, of Souls. That's what Book it is. of Souls. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Between Iron Maiden's new record and Anthrax's new record, two really good heavy metal records. I didn't think would ever come out. You know, both of them pretty good. So yeah, I, I had Iron Maiden. I like. Uh, I know these guys aren't so much metal, but back in the day, I was a huge Motley Crue guy. Oh, absolutely. Um, I got you know. I, I I can again moments that you can remember. I can remember the first time I ever heard the Too Fast for Love record. I can remember where I was sitting. I can remember what the chair looked like that I was sitting in. You know, wow. th- those moments that change your life that much. Do you prefer early Crue? Like uh, Shout at the Devil, mm-hmm. or like later Doctor Feelgood stuff. I, I like them both. Uh, I, I again, I, I do. I, I just like them both. But when it comes down to it, it's weird to, to, to ask it like that, man. Because I think my favorite ever Motley Crue song is "Don't Go Away, Mad, Just Go Away." That's all right. I cover it. Do you really? I cover Dude, some I love goofy that song. acoustic version. Of it. I've done it for years. No one knows it. Oh, I would love to hear you an acoustic version of that song. I'm trying to think of how that would go. But I, I just, I love that. If you could sail away or catch a free, you know, I, I, the, that is such a melodic intro verse that you don't get on many songs from Motley Crue. It's great. And how does he... Vince Neil, how does he sell them lyrics like that? No idea. I mean, like, I was going to ask you about some of the stuff. I was listening to a bunch of your stuff you've mm-hmm. recorded. Right. Um, one of my favorites is uh, uh, My Kind of Crazy, and I just right. like how you sell those lyrics. You know, we were talking about wrestling stuff. <laughs> sure, music, right. But, but uh, Vince Neil, when he says those lines and yeah. don't go away mad, right. you, you can just picture the room. It's right. unbelievable. Yeah. You know, that's um, 
it, it's something that has taken me a long time to figure out how to do. There's a bunch of things. I, I, I'm the definition of a late bloomer just in life, period. But um, for so long, I spent, um, I started singing when I was 15, and I'm 45. And I, um, I tried for my whole life to sing like other people, you know. It took me forever to do two things, to realize that I should sing like myself and to realize that you didn't have to write the song to feel it. And that's a, it's a, um, it seems like a no brainer, but for some reason for me, it wasn't, you know, because you listen to songs on the radio and you immediately relate. Like I swear to God, Bob Seger wrote against the wind about my life before I was born. Yeah. I mean, you know, that song is my life. So when I, and it happened for me when I joined Rocket Club and I was surrounded suddenly by the greatest songwriters I've ever known. I mean Don Smithmeyer and Brian uh, and and Matt and and Joel and those guys they're fantastic songwriters and I had to take a step back and go you know what I'm not that great a songwriter. So now how do I sell these songs? And I realized you read the lyrics and if you can relate to the lyrics then you can sell the song because you're you can speak to them. You know you can put yourself in those shoes. Yeah, like George Strait. I yeah. don't think he really wrote many songs. I think no. he wrote that one Texas song, and the rest he's just, it's his interpretation of what these writers are putting on paper. Exactly. And and again, that's as somebody who I wish, I gosh, I wish I was a great songwriter, man. I wish so bad I was a great songwriter. Um, but when you can look yourself in the mirror and go, you know, I'm not very good at that, and there are other people who are better, so why shouldn't I? And I, I'm a decent singer, and, and what I think that I excel at is um, um, communicating on stage. That's what I'm good at, right? So let somebody who's good at that write the songs, and I'll go communicate their songs on stage. And once I started doing that, that's when I really started having some, you know, whatever kind of success I've had. Yeah. You know? um, who are some of your favorite, I suppose we can talk about uh, current songwriters. Mm-hmm. Um, who are some songwriters are listening to right now, mm-hmm. or that really, that you like to interpret? Yeah. Will Hogue, number one with a bullet for me. Everybody knows he ain't just tough. He's strong, strong. He'll pick you up and won't let you down. Rock solid inside out. Somebody you can trust. Steady as the sun. Ain't nothing gonna knock him off the road he's rolling on. He's strong. Currently. Uh, which I have a great story about that. Today's a really good day for me. I'm still kind of glowing because I had this cool thing happen yesterday. But um, so Will Hogue currently, Bob Seger always, um, uh, Journey and Aria Speedwagon because I love arena rock. Yeah. And, and uh, Is that Kevin Cronin? Kevin Cronin. Oh, man. Kevin Cronin. That's man. a unique voice style. There. It is. He's not trying to sound like anybody else, man. I know. And that's the key, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, John Mellencamp, though, you know, I, I tell this story probably too much on stage. But growing up in Union City, Indiana, where mm-hmm. I grew up, uh, was, you know, uh, an hour and a half away from Seymour, Indiana. Yep. But I knew, I knew John Mellencamp was from Seymour, Indiana. And I, I, I thought, well, maybe there's a chance. If he can get out of Seymour, maybe I can get out of Union City. And, I, and that's, that's been, those have been my marching orders since I was a little boy. Wow. Was he raised in Seymour, too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, he's just classic. Classic. Not a good guy from what I hear, but just cla- just one of the best. Yeah, he's a little tough. Did you ever see the VH1 behind the specials, whatever yeah. show with him? And yeah. I, I, because they featured so many of his songs, yeah. uh, kind of like we do in this podcast, I'll clip in little stuff, whatever. Sure. And they're doing that on that VH1 behind the music. And I learned the song uh, China Girl. Mm. You ever heard that one? Yeah. yeah. This is a beautiful song. <laughs> Well, and he's got so many songs like that that have come out lately that are, um, as you said, beautiful songs that nobody will ever hear, you know, just because they don't match any format anymore. Uh, but uh, if you're a Mellencamp fan of his old stuff, I encourage you to check out the newer stuff. There's some there's some real gems in there. There really are that you're never going to hear unless you go, unless you go find them. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's awesome. Um, what's some upcoming projects or, or shows you got coming mm-hmm. on you uh, want to talk about? Uh, well, the new record comes out here. Oh. Really, really quick. Yeah, I mean, uh, the new single comes out October 1st, and the new record probably by the end of October, and I say probably uh, for two reasons. Number one, the genius, you know, maybe the only good thing about not having a record deal is you get to determine whatever you want, so the record's done when you say you're done. Um, but also because I keep finding uh, new songs I want to cut, and uh, that's what I was talking about with the Will Hogue thing that happened to me yesterday. Um I thought the record was done, and now I'm going to cut another song because I, I got Will Hogue's going to let me cut one of his songs. And, and wow. uh, I know, right? It's a huge thing for me. Um, can you talk about that song a little bit? Sure, I can. It's a it's a well well. I wouldn't say it's a well known song. If it were, I um, I probably wouldn't cut it. But he's got a song called "Too Old Now to Die Young." Have you ever heard this song? No. It's so perfect, man. What it, a great hook. It's perfect. And so it's been, uh, it's about a 10-year-old song. It's been my favorite song since the first time I heard it. Um, and it, it, it marches through life. And, and he's like, you know, talks about being in his 20s, almost dying in a car crash. Talks about being in his 30s and being in a broken relationship. Talks about wishing he could live another 100 years now that he's old. And I've just always thought it was perfect. And uh, I'm a huge fan of his. Going back to his record, uh, Blackbird on Lonely Wire. And of all things, before I even heard his record, he was in the radio station um, over on Cities 97 doing an interview. And I walked over and uh, my wife introduced me to him. And I had my baby, my baby girl with me. And he was nice to her. So immediately I liked the guy, you know. And then I heard his record. I'm like, oh, this guy's great. So I've been a huge fan. Even though he's never broken, he's made some money off songs like uh, um, Even If It Breaks Your Heart. He wrote that song. He's written, you know, he had the Chevy ad that made him a bunch of money. Was it an Eli Young song? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, right. He wrote that song. And uh, did a, a version of it himself. So he's making money on the side, but he's never really made it as an artist. He's got a song called Too Old Now to Die Young. And I just love it. And so we talk every now and again back and forth on Twitter, which is always cool. I, you know, I still can't <laughs> believe it. And I'd mentioned to him one time I was going to cut Too Old Now to Die Young. And so we were talking yesterday, of all things. 
um, just uh, BSing back and forth on Twitter. And I and he said, so did you cut it? Did you? And I said, no, you know, I said, there's, I know I could never cut a version of it that's better than yours. So I thought, why would I do that? Why would I? And he goes, oh, I wish you would cut that song. And I'm like, well, I can't not cut it now. <laughs> He's told me he wants me to cut the song. So then just because I'm the luckiest guy you'll meet today, and I, I'm, I, I, I guess you're not, you know, I'm not afraid to ask questions. I said, I'll cut it if you'll play the solo on it. And he said, okay, I'll do it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I had to call Sarah, my manager, and say, hey, the record's not done. Um, we're also going to cut this. And she was just as excited as I was, as, as I am. So that's a cool thing, man. Will Hogue is going to not only let me cut one of his songs and ask me to cut it, but he's going to play the solo on it. Wow, that's and, great, man. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank that's you, great. Man. I'm very excited, and, and it's a cool thing, man. Every summer, every time I think that, well, this is about as good as it gets, something else cool happens, man. I really am. I'm just so lucky, man. I can't even believe it. It's pretty cool. For our listeners, like the old legendary country songwriter story, like Willie Nelson sold four walls for like 50 bucks and a pack of camels. For you sure. Know? So when you're cutting, it's just for... For people listening, when you're cutting somebody else's song, mm-hmm. is it a handshake kind of thing? Or are you guys writing off the contracts and passing out cash? Or how is that working? It has been for me to this moment a handshake type thing. And and, and it depends on the song because for songs like this one I'm talking about with Will Hogue, because it had already appeared on a record, um, I, I, it's anybody can cover it. Really? As long as it's already appeared on a record, anybody can cover it. You have to pay the, the obviously the fees yeah. um, and any uh, money you would make from the songwriting obviously goes to Will Hogue as it should or whomever the, the songwriter is. But if you if you have a record from a um, a song from a record that was made in 1970 and you've always wanted to cut it, you can put it on your record. It's absolutely legal. The the the, the royalties have to go to the songwriter. Of course, you'd want them to, but you're allowed to do it. You don't need permission from anybody. Huh? That's awesome. Just a side question. Yeah. If you were gonna on your next record, you're gonna mm-hmm. add one more track. Yeah. From Motley Crue, right? What would it be? Wow. Or Guns N' Roses. You already talked about Motley, my favorite Motley Crue song. Yeah. If you're going to cover a Guns N' Roses track and put it on the newest Chris Hockey Guns record, Guns N' Roses track, and do like kind of a country rock version Whoa. of it, what would it be? Boy, oh boy, man. So we're going Guns N' Roses, okay? Um, because I'm because I'm in the country genre, even though it's pretty close to rock. Um. Because I'm in the country genre, I would probably say I'd try to do a very cool version of November Rain. That's a beautiful song, and I think it you could is. make that into a beautiful country song. But I think my favorite, because I like to choose songs that, that people wouldn't expect to hear, would be uh, Pretty Tied Up. I love that song from Use Your Illusion. Yeah, I love that song, man. I know you'd make it a country song, how but about I love used, that song. How about Used to Love Her? Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a country song anyway. Probably not. A, Ooh, I know it. How about that? Think about that, man. Think about that entire record. 
Lies, lies, lies. Yeah. And some of the things he said on those records, you know? Terrible. 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 Man, I don't, and I don't know if it if modern day climate means that you could release those songs today or means that you couldn't release those songs today. I don't know. I don't know what it means, but it certainly is a different world. When I was younger and I got lies, 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 though, that was the coolest, most yeah. badass thing I'd ever heard in my entire life. When Alex, uh, uh, Axel was saying that, I didn't believe any yeah, of it. I don't think right. I knew what he was talking about. For sure. I just knew he was, he was saying something. Blanks and blanks, get out of my way. Don't need to buy none of your, you know, I mean, honestly, what? What did you just say? Right, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's stupidity or courage, but um, people got more balls than I got. That's for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, nowadays you can't say that. Kind no, you of can't. Stuff. And but you know, and I, I get your point. You're right. And nor would I. You know what I mean? No, I, mean, I don't have the I don't have the anger in me to do that. But thankfully, people do. People are angry, man. Zach De La Roca, right? Thank God he was angry. Yeah, I heard that. You know. Um, so Chris's podcast, to keep it about a half hour, do you, we do talk about 20 minutes and do you mind doing a part two? Is that okay? Not, if you don't mind me keeping talking. I no, I absolutely love yeah. it. So I do a story behind the song segment. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, do you have, can I ask you about, uh, um, um, uh, my kind of crazy. Can I just ask you about that? And sure. Take that at the end. Yeah. That's one of my favorite ones. The first time I, I think, well, I heard you in rocket club, but I remember driving down and I first heard that mm. my kind of crazy. I had no idea it was you. I thought it was some other new country guy and it just popped out of oh, the radio awesome, man. so yeah. and i'd like uh, you just did an acoustic version up for t-pick yeah tom picker the new place didn't you do that uh, we did for lay music room it's a thing called one mic one take and uh tony williams and i my guitar player went into lay music room which is a great venue man i just love that place and uh, so we went in there and uh and literally we did one mic one take he sat down with the guitar and i, I with the microphone and we played it one time um, what made you decide to switch up the chorus a little bit hmm. instead of the, the cool roll right. on air? Yeah. You go up in air. She loves singing free fall, and so I put it on, and she screams, Oh, baby. She's like a lighter in the air when she lets down her hair. Yeah, she's my kind of Dude, I'm so glad you noticed that. That's so cool. Honestly, you know what I'm talking about. That's cool because that that is a um, the negative to recording country music the way it's recorded, the way it's done, at least the way I do it, I should say, is most of the time I've never played the song live before I cut it. And so you don't get an opportunity to let it breathe and figure out how you should sing it. You know what I mean? So once we recorded My Kind of Crazy and came out, I love that version. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm so amazed by what Jason Perry did as my producer, not only finding me that song, but producing it up and always making me sound like, I, like I'm a Nashville artist, which is so important. It's so important. Um, but after we played that song a few times, I learned how to sing it. And that's one of the things I changed because I like I liked that better. I wish I had recorded it like that. Wow. Yeah. When all T Pit captured it, he did. He did. And, <laughs> and again, I love that one mic, one take format because people, you know, and again, people look at me and I understand completely why I, I completely get it. And they say he's just a radio guy who's singing because he's got a radio job. And I, and I like the idea that if they give me a chance, I can show them I can sing some. And that's why the one mic, one take thing is great. I love that. I love the two. Mr. Chris Hockey, okay. thanks for being on the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Thank you. Everyone, tune in next week for part two. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. 
We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. This is a listener-supported podcast, so if you would like to contribute, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Starry Music Podcast. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. to see her dancing in a wheat field when ain't nobody watching but the april sky and me kicks off her shoes says the dirt between her toes just feels real that smile on her face as big as it could ever be she loves singing free falling so i put it on and she screams oh